Well, you probably are wondering why we are releasing this bonus episode here. And here's what happened. We were sitting down to record the patron exclusive show we record with every main episode. It's called After Hours. And our patrons on Patreon get to listen to it each week where we discuss different issues, sometimes related to what we just recorded and sometimes just important things that are going on in the world and how we can apply some of the principles that we're unpacking in our show to the world that we live in. And as we're recording, uh, as you all know, we've got some earth shaking historical events happening around the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade. And so we decided to sit down and talk through that uh, in the after hour show. And by the time we were done, we realized, man, we, we, we've got to just put this out. This is too important of a moment. So thanks for listening in, everybody. You can get more content like this at our Patreon link in the description. But uh, enjoy this episode. Well, welcome again to this episode of the King's Hall After Hours. As always, we have the two legends, the two kings, Dan and Brian, both on their phones as I'm speaking. No, no. And Eric, I was actually looking at a picture of you. Oh, just to get, on my phone. Get all fired with up. With one eye looking at you with the other eye. And yes. then you said two kings. And I was like, three. Three kings. We three kings. Of Orient aren't. Is that what it is? Really should smoke a cigar. Oh, okay. we should. We absolutely should. So, gentlemen, a lot of big, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of big news. Speaking of kings, a lot of big news this week. We have, and I'm reading from an 1819 news headline: leaked SCOTUS opinion shows court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. So, really, was a huge deal on a number of accounts. Number one, that we're in a position, and and really, I think what the article shows and what a lot of people have said. We're in the position where Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. Yep. Um, so I talked to some people, including lobbyists and lawyers this week, uh, some people who are boots on the ground uh, in Washington, D.C., and uh, pretty much everybody is unanimous. This looks like it's going to happen. Wow. Um, I'm not sure I saw that coming when it did. One of the things, gentlemen, and we'll, we'll start to unpack this issue. One of the things that immediately came to mind, I was skeptical about this. But you remember when people were saying, look, it's really important that we elect Donald Trump. We're going to get conservative Supreme Court justices. And a lot of people were the never Trumpers in the Christian camp were saying, no, that's ridiculous. We should. It's not going to be worth it. You're selling your soul, blah, blah, blah. Actually, some of them, Karen Swallow Pryor, still saying that now it wasn't worth it. Wow. Uh, but here we are. And factually, 100 percent, Dan. Those Supreme Court nominations are bringing about the downfall of Roe v. Wade. Now, I want to I want to mention one thing here. I I'm, I know I'm talking a lot. I get really no, keep excited going, about this. Keep I like going. It. Samuel Alito, who who wrote the opinion based for Sammy the decision. Boy. This is what he says. He says Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Oh, get him! Yeah, its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey has inflamed debate and deepened division. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Wow. So first of all, based, one other thing people don't realize what Alito did is in a large portion of his opinion, he cited previous things that John Roberts had said when he was in the nomination process. No. So he was King. basically saying, hey, you need to keep your word. Johnny Rob. Yeah. Because... You know, Roberts has been a huge disappointment. Oh, my word. Yeah. He was a Bush appointee. 
has gone yeah. left on a lot of these issues. Did, but, was but, he a Birch? Was he, didn't he, wasn't he the key vote on Birchfell? Yes, he was. Uh, so total sellout. However, bring that all to a question now after much talking. I feel like Brian doing an introduction to a show. Oh, it's, you know what? It's deserved. When you got, when you got it, Brian, you know, you just got to roll. Some it. people like, got it. Some people don't. 10 minutes of the show is just, I'm going to, I have, I have about 15 minutes on the topic of how I've got it. Do you guys mind if I, yeah, just go for just it. Kidding. <laughs> but I, I do want to ask in all seriousness, Dan, just quick react. Uh, what's your response? To yeah, this? I'm absolutely shocked. Mm-hmm. I saw the article. It was like Politico was the one to break it. I believe yeah. I see the tweet on my phone and it had been out for six minutes and I'm like, that's nope. fake. Nah, that is fake. Same and I thing. open it up and I'm like, I don't think that's fake. And so that's when I sent it over to you guys. But I was absolutely shocked because I was convinced that Kavanaugh was also, you know, a lefty, a secret lefty. And that Amy Coney, Coney Barrett was also some sort of soft, you know, lefty Amy Coney based. I guess, <laughs> I guess, because I, I just thought that there was no way this was going to happen. And the real sleeper in all this, Clarence Thomas. Clarence. <laughs> I lo- I'm sorry. Classing it I, up. I can't say Clarence without saying Clarence. <laughs> Why? Because it sounds like such a, a nerd name. Yeah, Clarence, man, Clarence. Totally pour one nice. out for Clarence. Pour, yeah, exactly. Pour one out. <laughs> For the project of this season to be successful, the project of seeing a new Christendom built, there will need to be thousands and thousands of Christian men and women who are equipped to stand for the truth of Scripture against the errors of both the liberal church and the pagan culture. This is one reason we're so glad to be partnering with our sponsor for this season, Reformation Heritage Books. Reformation Heritage Books offers a large selection of helpful and theologically rigorous resources on everything from biblical theology to history to blue-collar family discipleship, the type of library and resources that could make the kind of men and women I just described grounded in the rich heritage of the Reformed faith. We'd like to highlight one resource in particular, their Family Worship Bible Guide, that presents rich devotional thoughts on all 1,189 chapters of the Bible including searching questions to promote conversation and to help you in leading your family in such a way as to say with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Tap the link in the description of this episode to pick one up today. So one of the other things that's interesting about all of this is the leak itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked to some, again, some lawyers, and they said really the, the leak could have only come from two places. One would be a Supreme Court justice themselves and the other would be a clerk, mm-hmm. which is a very high up position, by the yeah, way. That sounds not, like a lackey, but it's not. They're not the lackey. In fact, a lot of the clerks was, from what I've heard, Ted Cruz has said this. A lot of the clerks are doing most of the work and most of the writing. Oh, yeah. So it's a very prominent position. But they were like, uh, I'm sorry, interns at Mark Driscoll's church, but continue. <laughs> That's right. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> sorry, Marky. But, we need to get some interns. We absolutely do. Ben. <laughs> Oh, he's not listening to this. Okay. So yeah, that, that becomes a real issue though. Um, again, people have said this has actually never happened in U S history where a decision has been leaked beforehand. Everybody I asked who knows, I said, why was it leaked? Obviously to stir contention, to get people fired up. Um, they've had tons of people in Washington, DC, uh, all fired up about it. One of those people, uh, was my friend, AJ Hurley. Um, I'll, I'll oh, do yeah. some content on the hard man podcast with AJ. He, he was the one in the videos holding the babies in Washington, DC. Wow. Narrating. 
So he told me, he said, yeah, we were in Washington, D.C. this week for totally different reasons. Wow. And he said, I'm landing and I get off the plane and I check my phone and I have like a hundred messages. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, dude, is that why you went to Washington? He was like, I had no idea. Didn't, didn't he get fired yeah. as a nurse? So I believe he was a paramedic. He got fired for not getting for vaxxed. Not, not getting vaxxed. Him and his wife. And that went fairly viral. Yes. That video of him. Yep. Being absolutely a king, Chad, walking around the, the hotel lobby, just like preaching to yeah. them. Like, I've been working here for eight months. You know, like, well, oh, that guy. AJ, love that guy. Yeah, we've had him on 1819 News. AJ is king energy all the way. So he sends me this video on Twitter the other day. And, it, and he goes, hey, did you see Elizabeth Warren speaking? Oh, oh man, yeah. I did watch that. <laughs> yeah. And so... Like he sends me this clip on Twitter and I'm looking and there's this dude in the back and she's like, we are here to defend women's rights. And there's this dude totally based. He's like, we're not here to murder babies, Elizabeth. That was him. That was AJ. No, yes. I've seen that clip. Yes. Yeah. Oh, based AJ. We need to send him a, a, a Boniface t-shirt because that was a Boniface move. Yeah, it really was. And you know, one of the things he's talked about we were talking about for the hard man podcast, but I think it would, there's a lot of content that fits here with Kings hall as yeah. well. He said, listen, fundamentally, this is about men being patriarchs mm -hmm. and men ruling well and protecting the innocent in the womb. Yeah. What's so crazy about this is the number of patriarchal quote unquote, patriarchal men. You have men on the Supreme court who are voting to abolish this abortion of a law. Mm. Now, one of the things I think is interesting, and I want to get your take on this. It's really made me think. You know, I don't know what behind the scenes, I don't know what's going on. But let's talk Big Eva. Yeah. Big Eva has been completely silent. I'm ready. They've completely pushed out. The only one who spoke was Karen Swallows prior, and her stuff was she bad. Should have kept her mouth shut. Yeah, she should have kept her mouth <laughs> shut. And like, always. <laughs> you have opened your mouth and removed all doubt. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just been bad. What's interesting, though, is the last six months, the guy who has gotten bashed and bashed and bashed has been Mark Driscoll. Mm -hmm. And I've been following his Twitter and his Instagram. Yeah. He's been king energy on this. Has issue. he really? Oh. <laughs> I mean, he has just been ripping the abortion issue apart. Wow. Just, and I've been like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that, I guess. Yeah, I mean. But where's sure. Big Eva? Why? Somebody needs to call for a wellness check. Are they okay? I'm not sure. Maybe that, you know what? I bet they didn't get a life alert and they fell and they're, they're somewhere saying, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> I'm glad Eric laughed because that was not funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, Your wife was, was like, funny. that's hilarious. I was just picturing yes, the life would. alert lady. Yeah. I, that, see? And then with like Russell Moore's face. On we, actually, it. <laughs> we actually went to church one time with a guy and I was like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I saw a life alert. Nice. And I was like, wait, you mean like, help, I fall. <laughs> and he was like, please don't. He's like, I've heard that joke so many times. <laughs> yeah. It sells itself, honestly. But, but seriously, what, what yeah. do you think the issue with Big Eve is? Like, why are they not commenting? Because for years, I mean, think about the people, Russ Moore, super based on, yeah, for a number of years on patriarchy oh, and, yeah. and on abortion. That was his issue. Beth Moore, too, back in 08. Where, they, the Moores were, 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 were hitting it in, in 08. You know, this might not sound connected, but in true Brian fashion, let me let me bring bring a little bit of a you know lengthy not connected lengthy ideas. disconnected rambling okay. to this conversation. Um, that's what I love. Are you ready? Are you ready to get hurt again? Dan moves this mic away. 
This actually reminds me of a, 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 a contrast with another period in our history. In, in the late 1850s, the Lincoln-Douglas debates in Illinois, this series of debates that happened around Illinois, I think in 1858. And uh, this was the level of discourse in the mid-19th century in American politics. People would pack out theaters, churches, debate halls where these took place between Lincoln and another presidential candidate. And they would sit there for like first session, four hours of debates. That's a long debate where Lincoln and Douglas were from memory for the most part, debating complex political ideas. And there's a whole lot of other issues with <laughs> Lincoln and you know, some of the problems that we have today actually go back to this period. But then they would take a break and they would come back. Some of these debates would last for like seven hours with, with a break. Wow. And the level of political discourse was high enough that these were average citizens in Illinois in the 1850s who not only were there, they packed it out and they were following it. And it, they were thinking, who am I going to vote for? Well, I'm going to listen to the way they answer these 15 questions I have. Today, our elites, those were our elites in the 1850s. Which is ironic. I just want to add, yeah. it's ironic because we think people back then were so stupid. Oh, couldn't be further from the truth. The, the level of discourse was high. The average American citizen at that point who was a voter was incredibly involved in, so, in understanding with far less information to be had. So compare that to, man, Twitter, for example. Yeah. Our leaders have been on Twitter. You got Kamala Harris. Um, if, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, this will be destruction of human female rights oh, and yeah. things and whatnot. Yeah, well, Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I watched some of the videos of her walk stomping around. I've never seen her look so mad. She's a great actor. That's called a powwow, all. by the way. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah. She's your tribe. I she, mean, yeah. Don't She's you have like some tribal discipline? You know what? I'm that gonna was go actually her. like a rain dance, I think. I'm going to say, gitchy, gitchy, dum, dum. <laughs> gitchy, gitchy, you are dum. a big, big, dum, dum. You know, she's, she's walking around though. And she's like, they're just the shallow nature of the political discourse around something like Roe is so demonstrative of the idiocracy that we live in. Like four, four books, Brave New World, That Hideous Strength, Animal Farm in 1984. I think you read those four books and you go, which one are we the most like? You're like, oh, probably Brave New World. Yeah. Unfortunately. Kind of a mix, right? It's a mix for sure. But this is, yeah, this is interesting. Strength. So Dan, this was uh, yeah. one of the people who was active when this first came out. I don't even know who this is. So Amanda Duarte, who is a blue check mark. Ooh, she's a blue check mark. She only has like so uh, you know you can trust her. Yeah, she only has like she has less followers than I do. Yeah, um, journalists can get a blue check if they have like fifty followers. Yeah, so she she this is an old tweet, but she's had ones very similar, and in her she took her account down because she was getting destroyed. <laughs> but she said this. She said, "I almost want to get pregnant with Trump's baby and let it go to oh. full term, so I can rip it halfway out and cut its bleeping head off." What? Go. Yes. Yeah. No. I read that tweet when you, because you repo. I think you reposted it with. Yeah. Some, yeah. And I was like, when? Unbelievable. So the what? the tweet, <laughs> her tweet, the original tweet is from 2016, but people were retweeting it because she had said similar things this week, mm -hmm. and then taking them down. She, you know, she was like, "This is all about white racism and blah blah blah." Yeah. And then like Daryl Harrison was one that commented, and he said, "Actually, most of the abortion clinics are in black neighborhoods." Care to comment? Boom. She took her account down. 
Oh, he took her whole account. I don't down. know if it was Daryl, but it was that day. We'll just pretend. Let's pretend it was Daryl. It was that it day. Daryl. She took it down. She put it back on. She said, I'm really sorry. What I said sounded racist. Oh, I, yeah. I saw that. I didn't know it was the same woman. And then she took it down again. No. Yeah. Because I think because this one was going around and, and sort of blowing up. Mm-hmm. So what I said, you know, really pleasant, really pleasant people that we're talking to yeah. here. <laughs> Seriously. But. When, when you, uh, so my friend AJ, we did a, a live video of him at the Supreme Court steps and people are just trying to get on his phone and like screaming profanities. Yeah. And I mean, the level of lewdness and disgusting behavior from humans. Yeah. I think what people don't understand is, well, maybe they do understand it. Maybe this is the problem. Yeah. This stuff gets ugly. Mm-hmm. You have people who are actually celebrating the number of abortions they've had. Oh, yeah. I've had 15 abortions. Yeah. Brian, I do have a question for you because I think the assumption from most conservatives, even Christians, is that the standard demographic, you know, stereotypical lady that's going to an abortion clinic to have to murder her child is usually going there in tears. She doesn't want to do it, but she doesn't feel like she has any other options. Yeah. Has that been your experience ministering outside of Planned Parenthood? It has been neither my experience, nor is it supported by the data. 0.001% of abortions are performed because of incest. That is one thousandth of 1%. So fewer than 1% overall are performed for any reason beyond the elective choice of the mother. Literally, I have no reason. I just want abortion. Or uh, health of the mother which is like 6%. It's like 92% elective, 6 point something percent um, health of the mother, which includes that. That's why I brought up, I think either in this one or last after hours, the, uh, oh, but my emotional health now gets played into that. So women who are like, I don't know if I can afford a baby. That's an emotional health reason. Check Check the box. So people have this idea in their head of like the 14 year old girl being driven to the abortion clinic by the sympathetic uh, father after she's been raped. And it's like, no, most women at abortion clinics that we've talked to are openly gloating, hostile. I'm going to kill this baby. Like they know it's you? Murder. F you, you know, they're, yeah, they know what they're doing. Most of them, most liberals today don't argue like liberals did in the early 2000s or 90s. Like, no, it's not really a human life. It's just a clump of cells. They don't really argue that way anymore because the, the, the medical technology has made that argument virtually impossible. So now they just say openly, yeah, it's a baby and I'm killing it. Yeah. What are you going to do? There's a incredible amount of, well, yeah, it's just human depravity, um, judgment being reflected in the culture. One of the other things, Dan, that, that I noticed was <laughs> the way people are willing to lie. So I have a couple uh, of threads here. One is from Eric Swalwell, uh, representative Eric Swalwell. Uh, he is the one, by the way, who uh, was caught with a sleeping with a Chinese spy. <laughs> Really? Yeah, for sure. Like it's, oh. it's common knowledge. So he was actually, yeah, he had a long-standing relationship. Wow. With, yeah. And then they're like, oh, that woman was a Chinese spy. She was a Chinese spy. Well, he's still a representative. But he said the Republicans won't stop with banning abortion. Next up on their agenda, banning interracial marriage. <laughs> Do you want to see that in America? Then you should probably vote. Well, first of all, no one's voting on the Supreme no, Court decision. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Who are we electing, Brian? Yeah, jeez. But second, um, could you please point me chapter and verse? Which Republican is uh, trying to ban interracial marriage? Um, probably the closest one was based on some of the stuff I know he said on camera. 
over the years is probably Joe Biden. Uh, yeah. Oh, you meant Republican. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. So we got another one, Dan. This is Representative Val Demings. And she says, as a woman of faith, I believe in the dignity and worth of every person. That's why I will always defend a woman's right to choose her own destiny slash to, this is me, to murder her own children. (laughs) So I'm confused. As a woman of faith, I believe in the dignity and worth of every person, which is why I support murder in the womb. Yeah. Well, I think that through our, our two part conversation that we had on, on the podcast, you'll see that because of these ideologies from these big brain galaxy brain intellectuals that have essentially poisoned the well, the intellectual well, these people don't have to deny that there's a baby inside them that they're killing. But what they do deny is their personhood, that they're actually a person because they haven't had experiences or the emotional, you know, the emotional experiences. They haven't been able to self identify at that point. That's why infanticide, I think we'll, continue to be even, even Roe Wade is overturned. It gets pushed to the States. I think you see places like California and some other far left places, Illinois, East coast move towards infanticide because children have not identified themselves yet. It is in one reason they haven't self identified. I I know that sounds ridiculous, but just wait for it. I think that's probably what's next. Uh, because they have even, uh, there was an article that my wife had sent me about naming a child. It was this couple trying to name a child mm-hmm. and their naming their whole strategy and naming was to, to make sure it was gender neutral, to give their child space, to make sure that, you know, if they wanted to change their, their gender or whatever, their sex later that they could do that and that they were going to encourage their t- child in that way. And so this ability to self-define is part of what makes them a person in their, in their mind. I, I don't yeah. know. This is probably getting beyond my, my well, you, area of expertise. You're but. right. That inner psychological self-expression, like as the most important aspect of you, not the objective realities about like for a Christian, the most important thing to me about me is that I am a son of God. I am objectively adopted by the father. I belong to Christ He's my Lord. These are my people that he's given me. My children are my children. I'm in these objective relationships that have nothing to do with how I feel from one moment to the other. And what the pagan does is they absolutize their inner psychological experience as the most important feature of themselves. So they're always shifting and changing and they, they, they do, they look at something like a baby and they say, how could that baby be important? It obviously doesn't have deep psychological inner self-awareness yet. You know, it's like the arguments for, well, abortion up till sentience, these kind of things. So just arbitrarily, you know, absolutizing one aspect of human nature as like the thing that makes you a person. What's the logical conclusion of this stuff though, is that we should absolutely be killing the mentally retarded. We should absolutely be killing all sorts of other people who are, you know, equally have undesirables where a Christian says, no, that's a, that is a human made in the image of God, whether they can think the same way or not. We have a category for sin, corrupting the physicality of a human being, but it's just madness. It's demonic madness. You know, and it's easy to laugh at these tweets because they are just absolutely asinine. I mean, they're absurd, right? But there was one tweet thread that I thought was really interesting. It was from a liberal that was very concerned because he noted in justice Alito's comments 
he noticeably left out any rulings that were surrounding the LGBTQ arena. They know it's next. His line of reasoning uh, of essentially, you know, this wasn't a precedent uh, until modern times. And so if we look back, this obviously would not have been passed, you know, through most of U.S. constitutional history. And he said this is really dangerous because it looks like they're going to tee up Obergefell next. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, again, talking to some people in uh, judges and lawyers on this issue on the conservative side, they felt like it was framed specifically. Like Brian was saying earlier about principles, they framed it by principle really well. It's sort of like reading John Owen on the death of death and the death of Christ. It's a little bit of an unassailable argument. Yeah. And uh, so I asked those guys, I said, do you think Obergefell's next? And they said, there's no question. Because if, uh, and, and what Alito argued, he said, when the constitution was written, there is no way that they were, that they had abortion in mind when they wrote that. Yeah. There's no way, or excuse me, the 14th amendment is what he was referring specifically mm-hmm. to. So if that's not right there. Right to privacy. Yes. If that's not there, gay rights, quote unquote. Yeah. Certainly not there. I do think it's next on the chopping block. So I got a question for you guys. Help me through this because I'm, I'm looking at this. One of the reasons that this surprised me is I'm like, okay, so the culture, they love killing babies. 60 million plus babies have been murdered by this people. The Christian church is noticeably absent in all of these arenas. We wouldn't have this podcast if the church was being faithful in their areas of responsibility. Yeah. This would be like, oh, I go to church on Sunday. I don't need to listen to to this podcast. Why, why would God allow for this to happen, to be merciful, to stop the shedding of innocent blood, the possibility of this gay mirage being ended, why the tide turn? Why not judgment? Like mm-hmm. absolute judgment. Why? Yeah. So I, I have a couple thoughts on it. Uh, number one, it, it shows in many ways, just the sheer mercy of God. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, even in judging the pagans, he does not give us what we deserve. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing to be so deeply grateful for. I think the flip side of it is something that I was listening to Jason Whitlock and uh, Delano Squires about this on uh, Jason Whitlock's show on the blaze. This, this was yesterday and they know they're smart, but Jason said, he said, listen, this country divided once over abolition and over states rights. And it was one of the, well, the bloodiest war in American history on American soil. One of the bloodiest conflicts, I believe, to date. Oh, yeah. The American Civil War. Yep. And he asked Eleanor Squires, he said, is this abolition movement going to lead to another civil war? And it was a pretty somber moment. And and Squires said, I I think it very well could. Mm. Because I think what you've, one of the questions, Roe v. Wade, when it happened, what I was asking myself, this story broke. Did America all of a sudden grow a conscience? Mm. No. No. Did the church all of a sudden get really, really bold? No, you just noted how noticeably absent. So that's what I'm getting at. This could actually get worse for the country. Uh, Joe Biden said this. This is yesterday. If the court overturns Roe, it will fall on our nation's elected officials at all levels of government to protect a woman's right to choose. It will fall on voters to elect pro-choice officials this November. Number one, it means Joe Biden is recognizing we lost. Mm -hmm. he's trying to keep his base somewhat hopeful. 
yeah. about what can be done. They know they've lost. What I see in America is not two sides coming together. I think it's two sides being irrevocably separated because they have so different worldviews. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Well, a couple things come to mind for me, and that's, I think that is insightful because I do think you're going to see two things happen and happen, and they're happening, not happen, they're happening. You're going to see incredible balkanization and tribalism and division begin to be more particularized in specific geographic locales on the state level. So you are going to see two Americas continue to form where you have, you know, the insane liberal America, and then you're going to see conservative reaction to that. So what, what I mean is I think we're already seeing that, but we're, we're going to see an insane response to the, the sheer radical nature of the discourse from the liberals lately, last couple of years. I think you're starting to see, and you will continue to see an insane upswell of conservative reaction to that, where the liberals were, are going in the near term to lose an incredible amount of ground because they, they have taken a huge amount of ground in the last 15 years. I think they're about to lose a lot of it for a time. I think that's one thing. But as I think about what God is doing in this, well, I look at the Canaanites and God saying, well, I, I put you in slavery in Egypt, Israel for 400 years because the iniquity of the Canaanites was not yet full. So it wasn't finished cooking. They weren't ready for his final full judgment yet. Total so, destruction. Yeah, 400 years God gave him. We're not even 400 years old as a nation. But we are also in the new covenant. And one of the things that makes the new covenant a better covenant is that the Gentiles are going to be saved. I mean, that was like the sine qua non of the greatness of the new covenant is that it's going to spill out to all of the nations. No longer is God's work going to be um, primarily frustrated among the Gentiles, but now every family of the earth is going to be blessed and and turn to the Lord, Psalm 22. So I think that what God might, might do, and I think we should pray for this, is that God's mercy, God's new covenant mercy, would just overflow the banks, and we would see massive Christian conversion in the West. Because those who hate wisdom love death, and one thing God loves to do is to judge people by giving them what they want. So what, what have the liberals gotten? They've gotten what they want, and what they've gotten is barrenness and death. Barrenness, death, and poverty, honestly. We could, we could say barrenness, death, poverty, and disease. That's what liberal, their worldview has led to. So they're literally killing themselves. And, and I just wonder, like, and maybe this is just way too white-pilled thinking right now, and this is not going to happen, but I would love to see, even if it's among that other America, a huge upswell in Christians getting it, taking up the sword and, um, you know, just revival of some sort, not revivalism, but authentic. And the reason I say that is because the new covenant, this is what it does. It saves Gentiles and it's God's power is being unleashed to conquer the world. So, yeah, I tend to look at this time and for whatever reason, I just keep seeing opportunity. Like I'm seeing the fields are white for harvest. Yeah. Like, this is the time to share your message. This is the time to be bold and courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, that lady, I, you know, we were talking about earlier saying the wicked things. Like, I just went on there and just called her to repent. I and saw that. Like, you know, you people keep thinking 
and this is what it saddens me, but you look at them and you're like, you guys are living under such judgment. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to earn yeah. a standard of righteousness. You'll never do it. The culture wants you to be canceled. I love what you said there. Like, hey, your tribe will never forgive you for this if they think that you're actually a racist. Christ will forgive you. Yeah. It's like, amen. Yeah. And so I just think in this moment, Dan, this is not the time to like hole up in the closet and lock the doors. I really think this is a time to go out into the marketplace and be preaching truth and full orb. You know, it's not just judgment. It's grace. I, I, I really genuinely see these daughters of Eve with purple hair. And like the other day I was just watching it and it was like, like literally just tears filling my eyes. Like it's so sad. Yeah. Cause they're living in sheer bondage. They're so depressed. They're so anxiety ridden. They're just pumping themselves with SSRIs and anti-anxiety medication. You know, what's really interesting. You guys talking about essentially this optimistic view of the future that flavors everything. Yeah. What, what Roe Wade has done, even, I mean, like I wake up in the morning and I think about it cause it's, this is a big deal. I think about it a lot. I think about all of the Christians who functionally have been like modern two kingdoms or saying like Christians have nothing to do with the political realm. Like it hasn't worked, right? Look what we have all of a sudden now the biggest, like one of the biggest obstacles um, to that ideology has fallen or is falling. You know, it's not done yet, but. Well, you're talking about like the concept that we're always losing. Yeah, that we're always losing. We shouldn't be worried about should, Supreme Court that's justices. Right. Yeah, well, that's actually, right. this this actually, I think in many ways, what you're getting to is this yes. is a huge cultural win. Yep. This is a huge cultural win. And I think uh, talking about opportunity is that there are mega churches full of people who are disillusioned because we're just in a, we're on the losing side. Yep. Essentially, you know, we win in the end, whatever. Uh, and something like this has happened. I think that, I mean, like baskets full of white pills yeah. <laughs> are, are ready to be taken. Yeah. And I think the opportunity is massive for church reform because that's really what has to happen. Yep. That's what has to happen is that the churches have to reform. They have to believe all of yep. Christ for all of life yep. and that they need to fight. If you want to take and hold ground, that's the only way. It's the only way that you take and hold ground is by living in accordance with reality and God's laws, God's, God's rules for reality that he's built into all things. You can only do that if you are a Christian, mm. fundamentally. I mean, pagans can, can feel their way there and they can be discipled by Christian leaders and under good Christian rule in the civil sphere, pagans will be blessed as well. Absolutely. It. But the only way you get there and hold it is through Christian conversion. That's why, you know, people who are like you, Post Mill, you guys just want to establish a, you know, a theocracy. You're just obsessed with the Supreme Court. You're just obsessed with the presidency. And it's like, no, what we really want is to see from the bottom up the nations converted and discipled until it's like. Through the process of regeneration. We've got this. Gospel preaching. Yeah. You go, America's full of godly men. Pick any of them. They'll be a good president. Like yeah. that's the goal. You love your neighbor. And yeah. so why wouldn't you want righteous rulers? making righteous laws yeah. and not stealing from your neighbor. And, <laughs> and it's, I, it's hilarious that God used Trump to do, I mean, I just, <laughs> I the know. biggest joke on all of us. It really is because uh, I'll be honest in 2016, I was like, look, America had a completely Republican or conservative dominated Supreme court in the nineties. We did not overturn Roe v. Wade. 
We didn't do it. They voted on it. They have, they upheld Roe v. Wade. The last time a, a majority Supreme Court ruled on it until today, they upheld it like by a huge, I think it was like seven to two. They upheld it. So my position in 2016 was I don't give a damn who the who, who appoints the Supreme Court because conservative, liberal, it doesn't matter. We're done. And God brought Trump. God literally pulled a joke. I feel like <laughs> on, on people who thought behold like me. my deacon. And he's like, here you Donald go. Trump. And you go. It's like Jehu, you know, it's just, you, this absolute wrecking ball goes through and just like blows up everybody's narratives. And all of a sudden you're like the reality TV star who was on playboy is humanly responsible for overturning Roe v. Wade. <laughs> what? What? You can't write a better script. No, no. If I, if someone wrote this as a, as a historical fiction, I'd be like, dude, no, it's not realistic enough. Massive plot holes. I, I, but it's, it's <laughs> like Psalm two. It's like Psalm two. He who holds them into derision he laughs. laughs. Yeah. I oh. mean, this is, you got to think God has a sense of humor in all of yeah. this. Like, well, no, even, hey, even when you, when you watch the clips, right. <laughs> of Obama, he's like yeah. running for office early in his career. And they say, you know, what's the American dream? And he's like, Donald Trump, baby. <laughs> just not saying that Absolutely. now so yeah that's awesome well guys uh we'll wrap up brian i believe you are the toaster oh I'm, I'm i'm the toaster today yeah excellent you pull my mic up here so i can get in a in toasting position well gentlemen i would like to drink to justice alito today and uh his courageous reasoning uh and uh that, uh, that God would bless and give the, the men of the Supreme Court the spine to see this decision through, make it official, and that God would continue to write such good jokes with history. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of the King's Hall Podcast. If you're not yet a member on Patreon, check the show links and you can become a member today. You get access to early content. You also get access to content that nobody else gets to see, including... The After Hours shows, we do one of those shows at the end of every podcast, uh, generally about 30 minutes, some really in-depth and humorous content, and uh, you can hear more if you become a member today. You can also get some swag, and speaking of swag, be sure to check out kingshall.org. You can get your Boniface Option t-shirts, chop, chop, chop t-shirts. You can get some mugs and some other goodies as well, so be sure to check that out. If you haven't yet, go on to iTunes. You can leave a five-star review, rate the show. That definitely helps us get out to more and more people. And finally, we do want to thank our sponsor, which is Reformation Heritage Books. Tons of fantastic resources. If you haven't yet, check that out at heritagebooks.org. You can also follow the link in the show notes. And until next time, remember, he who conquers must conquer himself. Conquer himself.